Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Nick and John Is This Evangelion. Hello. Hey. I'm John. And I'm Nick. There we go, just yeah. clarifying. And is this Evangelion? Yes. It it's is. something, Nick. <laughs> I mean, hot damn, we've just watched another episode and... Yeah. Uh, whew, yeah. It's, uh, wasn't, wasn't quite as... Uh, wasn't quite what I remembered it being. Yeah. I mean, um, we've said, uh, I think, earlier in this podcast that, you know, like, we we sort of, we thought we loved Evangelion. <laughs> we do. Absolutely well, no, love, we do definitely love Absolutely love, love, no, definitely love absolutely it. love Evangelion. But then um, re-watching it after there being a long period of time since we watched it as kids, or teenagers anyway. Yeah. And coupling that with the fact that since then we've maybe become slightly more discerning in our tastes. Not only for anime, but but generally in stories, yeah. and of course we're writing stories of our own as well. So, yeah, it's uh... a. <laughs> I um, I know we'll comments on this later, but I, I we've we've kind of been uh, we've bounced about a bit. We've done like uh, some episodes uh, with the sub, the English sub. Some episodes mm. with the English dub, mm-hmm. and um, I have some thoughts on the viewing experience and how this contributes to it. But um, we'll touch on all this later. But I have I have some theories. There. Have we stuck with the dub so far for this? I swear we've done one of one, oh, one really? of the other. I think we've alternated. Oh, uh, that's that's a mess. Yeah, that is a mess. Well, we yeah. were on the dub today. We were on the dub today. And, and today was the introduction of Toji Sutahara. And Katz... And Kensuke. Kensuke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Ken. Ken with an S-U-K. Kenny and Kensuke and Toji. So should we dive into yeah, the synopsis not, and happened? break it down? Yeah. What was it called? This, uh, this was called the phone that never rings. The phone I think. that never rings. Yeah, which sounds like an episode of. Uh, it's it's like the Grant most Morrison's emo title yeah. yet. I think. Let me let me just uh, scan back. First episode was called Angel Attack. That's Angel pretty, Attack. That's yeah. pretty anime. On, on the nose. Second episode, The Beast. You know, okay, it's still good. It's yeah. a grand epic. Next uh, next one. Let's see how Shinji we can make the title. The phone that never rings. And of course, it's alluding to the fact that Shinji has been given has a, a mobile has a phone and has no friends and, and no it, one's calling. He doesn't him. ring anyone. No one rings him. <laughs> Doesn't get any texts because this is the distant future of 2015. <laughs> they don't exist. And, no. uh, Instead, they have cyber attacks. He has no. He has no. <laughs> he has no, he has no cybers today. <laughs> yeah. Cyber. <laughs> yeah. Check Meanwhile, my WhatsApps. None of those. Check my di- Facebook message. None of those. In the distant past future of, t- of 1997, 2015. <laughs> okay. Yeah, with all these blocky laptops and everything. Um. So. <clears throat> uh. Okay. Bang. Tokyo three. Yeah. 2015. Cicadas. Cicadas galore. <laughs> and... Oh, God, it's Katsuragi's on the phone to Ritsuko. Uh, and we're seeing sort of lots of panning shots of the apartment. And basically she's just saying, I don't think he's got any friends. I don't think that's even the opening. Is it? Was it not? <laughs> Isn't this weird? Like, we've just watched Pretty the sure episode. it is. <laughs> I can't even... I didn't think that it... is how it opened. But didn't it open and... But later on, she's having another oh, conversation. Oh, no, no, it opens with him training. Sorry. Yeah, there we go. It opens with him training in the AVA, in, in Unit 1. Action, yeah. So yeah. we see Shinji's in the cockpit, uh, and he's very he's very subdued. He is. He seems very uh, defeated. And um, he's being asked if he's done all his revision. And he's like, yep. Do you know where all the entry points are? Yep. Do you know where all the weapon slots are? Yep. Do you know where I left my keys? Yep. <laughs> you know, Shinji, do you, do you know where to find happiness? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. You have your friends. <laughs> Looks no. suicide, bites knuckle. The Eva reaches up and bites his knuckle. <laughs> I'm so lonely. <laughs> Tear runs down the Eva's purple Where's Shinji? Cheek. He's training. Smash cuts of Eva Unit 1 sitting in a corner, rocking. <laughs> like, Activate rocking mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, Shinji, we're, we're sending you a cold shower. <laughs> <laughs> a skyscraper unfolds. <laughs> it's just so rocking. <laughs> 
<laughs> There's a little shower cap on a hook it's and a loofah. It's like a bit in Casino Royale. <laughs> yeah, or Ace Ventura. <laughs> Daniel Craig comes in, starts hugging Eva Unit 1. Drops a colossal loofah the size oh. of a double-decker bus onto an innocent orphanage. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like every time, like, I know, I can't remember if this is in the movie or later on, but they'd have, like, you know... Uh, either Unit 1 firing like a massive rifle and then smash cut to the ground and there's like shell casings the size of VW Beetles kind yeah, of like just... raining to the ground. <laughs> yeah, uh, that happens a lot in Fully Coolie as well, I think. So yeah, um, training Shinji is his usual exuberant self, but even even more so than usual. Like he's just monosyllabic, he's just saying yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, he's and he's just in the cockpit. using the targeting reticule to line up and shoot virtual angels over and over again. And that's the thing, like, he is fighting these kind of simulations of the previous angel. Yeah. Uh, which we, uh, I can't remember what it's called. Satchel? Like, sa- sa- yeah, Satchel, yeah, yeah. Satchel. 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 Over the shoulder. Satchel. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I'd love a Satchel styled after Satchel. Oh, it's just got the arms. <laughs> it's just his arms hugging around my torso. And then well, like, like at the end. Yeah, when it exactly. Hugged, yeah, when it yeah. Like, like a backpack then, except on the front and over your face and suffocating you to death and, and just exploding. <laughs> and just gets bigger. <laughs> but the thing is, like, he's in this training simulation and he's shooting, uh, he's shooting, like, representations of Satchel. And yet, Satchio is acting nothing like he's just did. standing still. He's just standing there. I yeah. think if anything, it's, it's filling him with a false sense of confidence, which is evident from the battle that comes later on yeah. in this episode, where everything he tries to do, he then gets attacked for. Like I don't want to skip ahead, but he 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 steps out of. Uh, we'll get to this in a minute, but he steps out to attack the angel in this episode and starts shooting it with the rifle, exactly like he was doing yeah. in training, like down to a T, exactly what he was doing. And the first thing Masato says is, "Like, no, you idiot." <laughs> Well, this is like what we said in the first five minutes because he's in this training thing, he's shooting angels, and and, and you said, oh, he's in like virtual reality. I don't think he's even plugged into an. No, I thought he was in like a sort of simulator. Yeah, sort of thing. yeah. And then we actually, but no, he is actually in Eva Unit One, which it, it, Eva is the stand standing in a big white room yeah. holding a rifle. But there's no bullets coming out. It's like out a little glowing light yeah. in the end. Like a, they built. Why? It's unnecessary. <laughs> they built a training rifle for the Ava. <laughs> they built a, tra- a, tra- uh, a training rifle the size of like the Golden Gate Bridge just for him to <laughs> hold. And, and uh, it's ridiculous. And what's the budget? Seriously. And one of like the many, it, one of like the many technicians whose name I just can't remember. Yes. Goes like, oh my god, I. I can't believe Shinji's piloting it again. Yeah, he agreed to pilot it again. And uh, Ritsuko yeah, just goes like, here. yeah, seems like he'll do anything you tell him. He's just one of those people who just does what he's told. He's a real loser. Yeah, what an idiot. I mean, we we guilt-tripped him into piloting this in the first place by wheeling out an injured slash close-to-death Ray on a stretcher and forced him into the cockpit because otherwise the world would end. But yeah, what a loser. That's the thing, like, we... <laughs> the, the, younger, the whole thing about Eve, Evangelion, like, in all the fandom of it is that Shinji is kind of useless and we are we are completely going into this again re-watching it we were completely ready to just hate on Shinji and yeah, yeah bless him there's a lot to hate to, he, to some extent he yeah. doesn't do a lot for us but also like every adult around him is either incompetent or irresponsible or actively malicious towards yeah. him I mean this is a 14 year old boy who until about two days previously had never even seen an Ava before yeah. was forced into life or death battle with in a machine he wasn't familiar with yeah and now all they can do is say how much of a loser he is yeah utterly guilted <laughs> into it and they're like well if you don't do it 
the world's going to end. He's like, I don't care. Fine. Well, if you're not going to do it, and as you said, here is this crippled, half-dead girl, <laughs> and they push her out on a wheelchair just so she can fall off and bleed on him. I bet it was just a wax model. You know, I bet they just have a load of them out <laughs> the back. Like, I'll just wheel another one out because we've got a pilot who won't pilot <laughs> oh, it again. No, no. It's just like, it's just like a blood sack. <laughs> Because she falls over and he and he picks her up. They get and it from get... the guilt room. It's yeah, just... gets... <laughs> get another guilt token out. Oh my life! And so yeah, and 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 then when he does it, like after they guilt him into doing it, they're just like, yeah, what a loser. He just does what he's told. What an absolute loser. He's got no backbone. Won't stand up for it's himself. Just like, what? Crying out loud. Are you getting the cockpit then? Huh? It's like <laughs> it's like after the post apocalyptic event of Second Impact. It's like. Child services, yeah, just fell by the wayside. They like, were hit by the meteor. They were based in Antarctica, <laughs> and they were hit by the meteor. And there was just no child services anywhere. <laughs> it's why there's so all these kind of like things which don't don't make sense about the world at all. Because it's like you'd think, oh, it's post-apocalyptic, kinda. Like maybe they're just grateful if another day goes by where they can have food, and they can't be asked with all this kind of namby pamby. Let's look after you know vulnerable fourteen year olds. But then it's like, no, there's there's school. There's yeah. television, there's infrastructure, there's society internet, apparently, yeah, phone networks. The society is kind of ticking along and yet no one cares <laughs> just how badly Shinji is being treated this whole time. I mean, I've thought about this before with Evangelion. It's just like I still feel like it's quite a fresh view of the apocalypse <laughs> in yeah. a funny sort of way. Like I feel like humanity would probably do its best to continue with a lot of things we were used to, like computers, yeah. electricity, phone networks, all that kind of stuff. And there's a very good chance that even post a massive cataclysm like that we would still, maybe 10, 15 years after the event, do everything we could to get all that infrastructure back and quite possibly manage yeah. it as well. So I don't think it's entirely unbelievable, but it's very hard to sort of believe in it. That's what's really weird. It's, it's like it's, it's interesting because I, I can think of... I, I think these were in the, re, the movies, like mm. the rebuild of Evangelion. Don't, at one point, they go to like a water park. Yes, they do. Now, you see, that yes. was a more interesting bit of world building... Are you? That might be in the series. Do you remember, maybe I. Well, maybe. But we'll, either way, yeah, where we'll discover it on the way. But either way, yes, isn't it significant because they've got like penguins and sharks because and stuff have the there, oceans and like the, all, the oceans the have all turned red, yeah. haven't they? It's like an exotic, um, like endangered species. Thing, yeah, and they have it? like a like a blue whale. Yeah, in a, in, like, a, well, in a massive aquarium. Why is it a red whale? Like this is like the only piece of like clean seawater we could get, and it's like that's, you see all the filtration systems. Yeah, like that's interesting. That's really clever, but it's like. Um, you, you never really get any sense of... And, and and we touched upon this last episode as well. There's a few throwaway lines where they say, like, oh, the government, like, uh, have covered this up. Or, like, Nerva, like, yeah. actively lying to people to... But you never get any real sense of... Um, you know, do people know that the angels are attacking, that they're aliens? Uh... This is it, yeah. I mean, it doesn't even seem like Nerve knows for sure. Like, obviously, yeah. the people at the top, like Sele and all that lot, seem to know. But but the, even the people who work, like the technicians that we were talking about, the nameless, yeah. faceless technicians. There. Yeah, the many technicians who will follow us throughout the entire series. That Misato named... shouts orders out, and they're all behind the monitors and everything, typing away. Do they know what the angels are? Yeah. And we were talking, weren't we, while we were watching this episode? It's like, I'd love to see a story which is um, the civilian point of view on everything that's yeah. happening. You know, it's like, like, where are the shelters that they go to when, when the angels attack? <laughs> well, and, and maybe it was like just, uh, it was a, maybe it was like a cost-cutting thing. There wasn't time to really explore these things. But I, I, I feel like I filled in a lot more of the blanks in my head. Well, it's the world builders and us, I think. But like, we were excited about that world and what that meant. But you know, it's everyone. weird, like, but these questions I'm seeing now, watching it again... 
I don't recall ever bugging me the first time round. No, no, me neither. No, no. And now, I, now, I, now I'm thinking like... But I think when I watched it the first time round, it felt so... And to be fair, it still does. It felt so different to everything yeah. else I'd ever seen, everything else I'd ever, ever consumed. And it was like, if in stories before, if it was an apocalypse event, then everyone was now reduced to cavemen. That yeah. was that was the, the go-to thing. If there was an apocalypse event, it was like, did you ever see that horrible remake of The Time Machine? Samantha yeah. Mumbering. Yeah. yeah. It's like that, when he goes really far into the future and, and society has collapsed and everyone is just like primal again, yeah. basically. And that was the go-to thing for apocalypse. But this was an apocalypse, but then there seemed to be everyday life. And I think as a kid, I was just so blown away by how different it was. Like, yeah. oh yeah, this is so unusual. That uh, that I didn't ask any of the important questions, which we're asking now. It's interesting, isn't it? Because like the sea level has risen. Yeah. The Earth is hotter. Yeah. The oceans are red. Isn't there like a throwaway line at some point? Or maybe I'm dreaming this, and I can't remember if this was in the movie or in the original, where they say like, oh, I don't know, even just a throwaway line that like meat is really rare. Or something like that, or it's hard to like. The, uh, that does sound kind or like of fish. Familiar. There's a scene where Shinji, no, not Shinji, um, Asuka is cooking. Yeah. Uh, for Shinji in an attempt to try and, or is it Ray? Is come one of the girls is cooking for Shinji in an attempt to try and impress him. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure there's a comment made then about the food that she's got hold of some food that was otherwise rare or hard to get. Well, that's hold what of. I'm trying to think because like I've seen several post-apocalyptic things where meat is really hard mm. to get hold of, and like they're living more on fish. But this might be the opposite because if the seas have all turned red, yeah, it can't have any fish. So maybe fish is really rare, and then all there is is meat. Yeah, but that's interesting for Japan, I suppose, because of course they eat a lot of fish. Yeah, you'd they? think, yeah. wouldn't you? Well, sorry, no, I'm, I'm, I, I, all I can think of are things I want to kind of like say about this episode, but that kind of falls more into the commentary. Yeah, bit. we've already gone off the synopsis. Yeah, already. sorry, so let's, get back let's on power the through the synopsis because it's not going to take long. It's, it's not it's a not, massive amount is... happens in this episode. No. So we were saying like, so Shindy's training. Yeah. Uh, then uh, and just looking morose. Yeah. Then it cuts to um, uh, Misato talking to Ritsuko yeah. on the phone. Oh, about that how was it. Sorry, I don't want to. Sorry, I don't want to. What, what's her name again? This is terrible. Which one? <laughs> Main uh, commander Misato, Misato yeah, yeah, of the red jacket yeah. and the short shorts. Very short shorts. Yeah, uh, I just want to say very quickly, like society, like you know, is not what it was. She drinks a lot of beer. She does. So apparently, it's still easy to get hold of beer. Yeah, there's something about the beer though as well. I think though, isn't it like super it's artificial? Not like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she just gets really excited while drinking. It's it. just a can of heroin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently heroin did really well after the yeah. apocalypse. This is perfect growing environment for heroin. Okay, I apologise. That was very rude of me. Sorry, please please continue. No, no, it's fine. So then they're talking about... Yeah, they're on the phone talking about Shinji, how he even left his mobile at home because... He's ungrateful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. Like, it's kind of built like that because Masato's like, I bought this phone for him and it never rings. It's yeah. like, that's because he has no friends. And then I think it cuts to the morning because yes. that's a phone phone call in the evening. Yeah. And Misato is all bundled up in bed and you don't really see her other than a hand poking out. Yeah. And Shinji's going to school. It's the morning of she's a school Because she is his legal guardian And he's now. living in her apartment. And he's been at school for like two weeks now. Has he? This isn't his first day. No, she does. It does. She does say like. Oh, that's right. Because she says, "How's school?" Doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, she's, yeah, she's been at school for like two weeks. I bought him a mobile phone. That's right. And the grateful he sod. Obviously, has no friends. Yeah, he's not even using it. Yeah. So he basically leans into a, who into a room, and she's just completely bundled up in the quilt. Probably um, hungover. Probably. Probably hungover. I think. I think there were beer cans everywhere. On heroin. Yes. Uh, <laughs> heroin ale. <laughs> Um, and she says something to the effect of, oh, don't wake me up. Like, I I, I don't have to I be at work you. until the evening. You're such a poo. Like, you're such a loser. Why do you have a backbone? Um, what do you listen to on that Walkman over and over again? Throws a can at his head. <laughs> Tonk. <laughs> um, could you take the rubbish out on your way out? And he's still, like, really morose. Like, this is kind of like leading off that conversation where 
oh, he's just one of those people who will do anything you tell him. And she's like, don't bother me. He's like, okay. To be fair, Take the bin out. Okay. Okay. But there is a moment in that conversation where she doesn't want to be woken up. She's obviously hungover. She went to bed late, whatever. But she does say, how how is school? Yes. So there's a little aspect of her caring. And I think maybe of anyone in the story, Misato cares the most about Shinji. That's not saying very much. Yeah. Shows it in very odd ways. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But then he goes to school. Uh, We meet uh, his eclectic group of classmates. Of which there are not very many, and this is made very clear. But but this is weird, though, isn't it? Because there's a classroom, uh, it's mostly empty, and a few characters say, oh, where, where, where is everyone? Where are all the other kids? And people go, well, they've, they've left. They've because where, who would want to live in this city after a great big robot attack? Yeah. Uh, a robot battle. Yeah. And fine. But when there's an extra class, it's a full... There's like 30-odd kids That's in there. That's true. There is, Doesn't yeah. make any sense. No. Maybe it's still not a full class. Yeah. But, um, but we either need... way, we see two um, new characters. We see Kensuke and Toji. Um, and the class rep. Yes. Who probably has a name. Yeah. Doesn't... Probably. Yeah. Uh, but Kensuke yeah. is obsessed with uh, filming. Yeah, he's got a video things, camera. Which is a thing throughout the series. He always has a video camera. Yeah. And... So he's filming up people's nerves. Toji... I can't remember any of the names. It's terrible. Toji <laughs> um, uh, is He's always, always wearing a like a tracksuit. Track like almost there like a shell suit, actually. It's hilarious. Yeah. Everyone else wears full school uniform and looks exactly the same, except for Toji, who yeah. wears. Toji... I think he is meant to be athletic because he's like tall, he's good looking, he's like chiseled. Um, and I think he's meant to be like the, hey, he's going to be the big foot. He's got hoop dreams. He's got <laughs> major hoop dreams. <laughs> Colossal <laughs> hoop dreams. <laughs> He's got Evangelion hoop dreams. He and wants to pilot an Ava and score the biggest hoop. But Toji has been uh, away for a couple of weeks. Yes, and Kensuke didn't know why. No one knew why. It's like, hey, bud, where you been? Did you get mixed up in that giant robot fight? And he's like, no, I didn't. But, but my, my sister, sister did. did. And you find out that she was crushed in some rubble after that, literally during the fight. Not killed, Shinji's but she's fight. very badly injured. And she's in hospital. She's in hospital. And it sounds like she's maybe stable, but Toji is very angry that the pilot was so retarded, basically. Yeah, he's basically like, what an idiot mm. that pilot was. How could he have done this? Uh, I hate him so much. And then, as this weird kind of logical leap, Kengski then just goes, hey, um, that there's a new kid in class. And it's like, oh. He goes, yeah, he's been here two weeks that's just after the giant robot attack and he goes isn't that odd (laughs) it's like there's no what you why would you why would you assume that a 14 year old classmate of yours was a pilot of a colossal giant purple robot it requires so many logical leaps to even get to that point it's like there's a precedent oh yeah all robots are piloted by 14 year olds but it's like there's no precedent in this world like for all we know either unit one and it's Big battle with uh, uh, Satchel. Didn't even have a pilot. <laughs> well, for all, yeah, for all we how do you know he has a, a robot. pilot? Yeah. And also, that is the first time a giant robot has ever been deployed yeah. to protect the Earth. Yeah. And the history of humanity. And like, this sort of leads back into the, why don't we see more of the civilian eyes on this? Because, like, what is their reaction to seeing a giant purple robot battling an insanely yeah. weird and unusual creature that they've never seen yeah. before? In their city. Because all the general public would know is that there was a horrible, massive explosion around the turn of the millennium, yeah. which uh, screwed the world over, killed m- like a billion people yeah. or more. It's They're like- told it's a meteor, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah so they think a meteor class. hit. Uh, yeah, because we see a bit of this classroom and they're saying meteor meteor hit the earth, uh, change the climate, raise sea levels, turn the oceans red. 
and humanity's been reduced to like a billion mm. uh and we're making do yeah. now so they have no precedent or a framework to understand that giant monsters are now going to appear <laughs> and that humanity has built robots to defend us no no none of that and then kengski goes like hey uh you know what i reckon he's the pilot new kid in class probably him probably pilot and he's not even sitting in the, in the protagonist window no no that's true actually yeah no he isn't as in every anime the main character is always sitting in that one chair yeah. by the window always by the window second from the back it's ridiculous yeah it's it's absolutely ridiculous it does however have the shot of the classroom uh name label the 2a on the little sticky out which um, every sign which every, every anime, anime. it's always that one corridor has. as well yeah, yeah exactly but ray is also in class as well she is bandaged up with all, an eye patch all bandaged up and no, no one's, one's asking any questions about it's that ridiculous either. no one's like hey that girl hey like a who is she b what happened also she's got like red eyes and white hair what's up with that <laughs> no it's fine let's not talk about that yeah um Boring lesson, history lesson, guy, uh, old teacher going, yeah, 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 meteorite hit the earth, bang, you know, now we're all here. Uh, and all the kids have a little red laptop. And, which is quite cool, actually. Which it looks like cool. a Pokedex. It, look, it does look like a Pokedex, <laughs> yeah. And uh, a little, uh, Shinji gets like a little uh, PM, like a little private message. Yeah, bing, bing. And he just goes, are you the pilot? Yes or Y-O-N. no? And then he looks over his shoulder and it's two sort of giggling schoolgirls who we've never seen before. And it's like waving, hi. Like four rows hi. back. And then they do it again. Are you are you the pilot? Y O N on the screen. Lol. Uh, and a little <laughs> smiley face and a turd. And then and then he just goes yes. And just types yes on his laptop. And everyone goes and, <gasps> and it's not even like sweet mother of pearl. This is the most <laughs> incredible revelation in the history of humanity. No, it's like that's amazing. Yeah. And everyone that- goes, that's really cool. We were right. <laughs> yeah. We what matters the most is that we were right. Jeez, and then they all gather we... around him mid-lesson, but the, the the teacher's looking out the window and they're all chatting, asking him loads of questions like, what, what's its special move? One of them asks, which I think is great. Yeah. Um, and I guess maybe maybe this indicates the the precedent that maybe they have that the robot will have a pilot is that maybe they have mecha anime. I reckon they have mecha anime. So they saw the giant robot. world. Yeah, and they're like, someone must be pilot. They don't have fish anymore. It must be a kid. But someone's still making anime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someone. Um, so yeah, they all gather around. He's now suddenly the superstar. Everyone loves him. Everyone loves him except except in the uh, background Toji. you see Toji who's sitting there looking very grumpy. Big old Toji smash cut. Smash cut. Smash mouth. Uh, of, smash in the face. <laughs> of, uh, yeah, uh, Shinji getting punched in the face. A big punch. Check us out at bigpunchstudios.com. Uh, <laughs> check out Smash Mouth. <laughs> also check out, yeah, the excellent 90s bad Smash Mouth. Um, and yeah, and Toji's like, sorry, bro. What yeah. up, what up, bro? But Don't... this is it. Yeah. Like, we can talk about Toji's voice acting in a second, but Toji's reason for punching Shinji in the face is, it's not, it's not your fault, bro. It's just I've got some anger and I thought the best way to vent it was to punch you. That's practically yeah. what his line is. It's like, sorry, bro, you save the world, but you hurt my sister. But and... he doesn't say that. No, this is my thing. Yeah. He says, it's not your fault. I've got some anger and I thought the best way to vent it was punching you. It's but that's you... not true at all, Toji. The reason you're punching him is because he is to blame yeah. for your sister's it's injuries. It's like you forgot that... the memo. It's like he did. <laughs> yeah. It's like you forgot his whole reason for punching him. It's, like, it's not your fault, man. I quite like you. I think you're a cool dude. We should hang out now. I'm going to punch you now. I'm going to punch you. Yeah. I just got to punch you. Call me. It's what I do. Ring, ring. I punch people. I punch people I like. <laughs> punches him and he's like, he's written his number in reverse <laughs> on, knuckle on his duster. knuckles. And when he punches him, he leaves an imprint on his face. Like... <laughs> You got it. You got my Call number. Me. I have. It's on your face. Call oh. me. Um, Having a sick kegger. <laughs> and then uh, Kensuke sort of leans in and just goes, oh, he's a, he's a bit mean, isn't he? He's a bit tough to, to Shinji. Yeah, he's not even like, like you deserve that. He's just like, yeah, he's a, he's a bit, of a, bit of an asshole. And then Shinji decides to just, the only thing Shinji says is, 
I didn't want to. They made me pilot it. Yeah, they made me pilot that stupid machine or yeah. something like that. Which isn't the greatest defense, but it it does also suggest that look, I'm not willingly smashing your yeah. sister to pieces. I did right? not want. I didn't want this. No one wanted this. I didn't want this. <laughs> not, no, not not like this. I didn't ask for this, <laughs> Madam Jackson. Just imagine if Shinji's voice was like that all the way through. <laughs> no. I'm so alone. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> then Toji seems to turn, having heard this. Yep. Comes straight up to Shinji, grabs him by the collar. It's just like... Shinji won't look him in the eye. No. What does he say Shinji then? won't defend himself or anything. Toji just says I something. I he says anything. Does he not just... No. Say- I think there's just a lot of... Uh, 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 yeah. yeah. Can we put a pin in the sound design? Because I want to talk about that later as well. <laughs> yeah. We'll do, talk yeah. about that in the uh, in the talk, a bit, talk about it bit. Um, so yeah, he throws him to the ground. It's like, um, you're not even worth my fisks. Yeah. I'm not going to dirty my fisks on your face. And then lying on the ground, you just see Shinji's view looking up at the sky, and then suddenly Ray walks into shot, who's like standing sort of just over him. Yeah, did nothing. It's just like, there's an emergency. We have to go. It's I'll, like, I'll go first. And I think I said at that point when watching it, is that the official way Nerve gets its pilots to come yeah. to just hearsay? You know, it's like, oh, 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 Ray, while I've got you on the phone, could you just grab old Shinji, pilot of Unit 1, bring him down to the headquarters? Yeah, she, Thanks, she, bye. Uses, she uses a mobile. <laughs> No. Yeah, exactly. Shinji's got an Her iPhone, doesn't he? Shinji's on WhatsApp. It's nerve saying, Shinji, yo, we need you. <laughs> Ray's got one contact. It's just Gendo. Just called Daddy. <laughs> Papa Gendo. Papa <laughs> 76. <laughs> no, um, not Papa 76. And so, yeah. Yeah, and then it's like, emergency sirens. <laughs> and a great big... A great big lobster angel. Space lobster. Space lobster is flying above the ocean. Yeah, no claws though. It's it's sort of like a long... It's like it's like just the body of a lobster. So it's yeah. like its head, shall middle, look, thorax, and then back end. I, shall I look this up so we can get the name? Work oh, good out, idea. Work, yeah. it, work out what it is because we're so prepared. I might I might have it up actually. Oh, yeah. So anyway, uh, I'll, so basically, yeah, giant... Oh no, this is Satchel. Oh, sorry. oh no! What was the one before? What was the previous one? Oh jeez! Are you sure? Um, Angels. Goodness me! Goodness e- me! So prepared. But anyway, look, this great big lob- space lobster angel is attacking, and Adam Shamshell. Sorry, Sham-shell. the first one was Shamshell. Yes. This I'm misreading that. I was the second behind you. Shamshell. Shamshell appears. Right, which is good because it has a shell. Shamshell. We can remember that. Shamshell. So Shamshell, the fourth angel, is attacking, and it's yeah. a great big red lobster, and it flies in across the ocean. Nerve do their thing, and they're like, "Ha ha, we're one to one on the angel." Yeah, one for one on angels. So we, we can gotta, take this one down. Let's send Shinji in. So the entire city goes into defense mode. Dum, diddle, 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 dum, diddle, anything anything can happen in the next half hour. <laughs> and the entire city descends below. Uh, uh, yeah, ground level. Ground level, and they send in Shinji and. You know, they rocket either Unit 1 up to the surface. Yep. And, in a skyscraper. Yeah, and he steps out of the skyscraper, like a little, like a bit a skyscraper just Like opens. a cubicle. Yeah, like a little little porta potty And he just steps <laughs> out. He's just had a big poo. And he's got a great big rifle. And, he spins uh, round. And they go like, okay, Shinji, you know what to do. Remember your training. We've seen all the training earlier at the beginning of the episode. It's like, right, Shinji, all you have to do is wait for the reticules to line up, pull the trigger. Big emphasis on, yeah, basically Big emphasis aim, on do what fire. you did in the training. Aim, fire. So aim, he does fire. exactly that. As yeah. I have mentioned earlier in my rant. No personality, no thought. He just, just follows orders, goes, aim, fire. And he does. And he holds the trigger down, and lots and lots of smoke and dust is kicked up by his bullets. He just keeps firing. Completely obscures the angel. He doesn't know any longer necessarily what he's aiming at. Mm. But he is still doing what he was told to do. At which point Masato goes, no, you idiot! You're, 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 you're shooting him too much. <laughs> Whatever you do, shoot the angel. Gotcha. You're winning too much. <laughs> 
but not too much. Oh, okay. So, oh, right. Hold right, on. Okay, so don't shoot him. No, no, no definitely, definitely shoot, shoot him, him. And keep shooting him. How much should I shoot him? Don't Just don't do it too much. But I want to like... So oh, lots of shooting. Lots of shooting, but not too much shooting. Okay, so... so I don't maybe, know how I can make this clearer, Shinji. I'm, I'm, I'm confused. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with Tell you. me what you're confused about. Look at the diagram. Don't do what Donnie Don't does. <laughs> Could make that clear. So he fires... Shamshell gets obscured by smoke and they're like, no, Shinji, you you massive idiot. Yeah, if I could slap you right now with a giant Ava hand, <laughs> I would. I, I might. <laughs> and and, and Shamshell, Shamshell, as it turns out, Shamshell. has great big laser whips. Which he hasn't uh, hitherto revealed. Yeah, and these laser whips can <laughs> come cut out through, of the smoke. Cut through anything. Yeah. And they slice a skyscraper in half. And Shinji dodges it, falls back. It's like, holy pooch, that was not expected. And Shinji finally shows an emotion, yeah. which is terror. Shock. Starts <laughs> screaming and running for his life. Yep. And he sort of runs backwards down a big city street, and Shamshell pursues, just cutting buildings in yeah, half slicing with these pieces. laser tentacle whips. Meanwhile, meanwhile, we see yes. Toji and Kensuke in a shelter. Yes, wherever this is. Yes. Um, Kensuke okay. is bemoaning the fact that he doesn't get to see what's going on. Because he loves filming. He things. loves filming it, and he really wants to. So he goes, Toji, can can you help me get up there? We can get a good view of what's cracking off. And Toji's like, oh, all right then. And so they go pretend they go need a wee. And actually, Toji does have a wee. A very long Very wee. long scene in which they're <laughs> urinating. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And he goes like, I need your help to open the blast door. Yeah, and then it just cuts, and the blast door's open, and they're out. You, you never even see the door. And it's a huge door. It's like three foot thick. Like, it's yeah, got I... lasers and locks. It's, it's insanely advanced. As we said at the time, it is too complex for one 14-year-old boy yes. to break through. But two 14-year-old boys... It doesn't stand a chance. ...running in parallel. <laughs> needs... A blast door yeah. against more than one 14-year-old. I wouldn't know how to build that. So they're on a hillside. Yeah. Watching this battle. Looking out over the city, watching the battle, and just, he's filming it. Just in time for either Unit 1, which, bear in mind, is at least 300 foot tall. Yeah. At least. To go... To, to come flying through Knocked the air. into the air, yeah. So it, 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 Pirouettes. It's the heaviest single thing ever made by humans <laughs> comes flying through the air, smashes into the, into this hillside. Yeah. Doesn't throw up a crater. No crater. Not no, really much chaos, actually. Not a dent or anything. No, no smoke. It, it just lays flat on its back, star-shaped, on the side of a mountain. <laughs> and Shinji looks down, and between his fingers are Toji, Toji and Kengski. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Like fine, they the shockwave alone would have liquidized their bones, <laughs> and they're absolutely fine. And uh, oh, I can't remember her name. Misato. Misato. Yeah. Yeah. It's like in command center watching it all. She's like, we have to retreat, Shinji. Get them into the cockpit. Oh, we should mention that uh, in the earlier slashing of the laser tentacles, his umbilical cable was cut. Oh, very important. So we're in yeah. the five minute countdown. Now. Yeah. So he doesn't. He's yeah. He's running out of power. Yeah. He's uh, at about three and a half minutes now. And they're like, Shinji, you got to retreat. Uh, we can regroup. And we'll you, take it on. Yeah, quick. Save those two kids. Invite them into the cockpit. Yeah. Like, how... Immediately that happened, we were just like, uh, Because you have to, like... <laughs> you have to think about, like, the size of either Unit 1. Yeah. And... And it, we, we get this shot of it sort of sat slightly up, so it sat on its bum, and it's, like, raised its back off of the ground. Yeah, this titan. And you, yeah. And you see its, its spine unfold and, and, the, and the plug come out. Which must be, as you pointed out, a hundred foot off the ground. Yeah, and they're like, like seven in. or eight stories off the ground. Like, hey, just pop there's in. There's no ladder. No, there is a door on the side of the entry club. Club. There's no ladder. There's no. I mean, it would have taken them twenty minutes just to climb the surface of the Ava just to get up. There. And but we, hey, we're we're we're, we're above it. We're, we're picking it. Yeah, and it's like uh, so they're they're in and they climb into the the, uh, the kind of entry plug. Yeah, which of course is full to the brim. 
with LCL, yeah. liquid, which you breathe. Yeah, it's, it's another question, like, how do you get in? Because yeah. when Shinji gets in, the, the cockpit then fills after he's got in, after yeah. it's sealed. So if they've opened it, broken the seal, some would come out, then they get in, then close it. How does it refill? Yeah. Loads of questions. Yeah, loads of questions. <laughs> and um, immediately, uh, uh, the EVA starts kind of uh, malfunctioning. Yes, you see all of the um, the, the synchronisation waves go out of yeah. alignment again. And, Ritz, and Ritsuko's like... What the hell did you expect? There's there are now three brain waves in the cockpit. There's loads of neural How noise. does we even know what to synchronise with? It's yeah. ridiculous. And Which also, is true. <laughs> and can we point out at this point, there's a shot of Ritsuko. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's what... Obviously an off day on the artist who was drawing because her. <laughs> she's all leg and no torso. I remember looking at her thinking, gosh, her skirt's short. And you kind of look at it and think, no, wait, no, nope. her torso is tiny. If you just track up to where her crotch would be, it's like <laughs> it's like sort of the middle of her ribcage. <laughs> her arms look so long. It's bizarre. It's like an ape. And anyway, uh, we're in the final moments of the episode. And basically, uh, Misa- uh, Misato... Misato. Misato. I'm having a moment. I'm sorry. It's all right. Misato, there are too many... Minutes too before many John has a boys in my, in my entry plug. I can't... <laughs> Neural noise. I don't think you need to say that ever again. Yeah, um, that's my that's my uh, no activation phrase. Any fourteen-year-old boy. I suddenly realised I'm a rushing sleeper <laughs> sleeper agent. And uh, she's like, "You've got to retreat, Shinji." And Shinji is just like, "Going, I mustn't run away. I mustn't, I mustn't run, run away. away. I mustn't run away." No precedent for that. No. Like, there's been no there's been no like pressure from his dad or something like in foreshadowing about how he always used to run away and his dad always used to tell him not to. Nothing. No. It's just suddenly, I mustn't run away, I mustn't run away. For not really any reason at all. Yeah. Other yeah. than maybe he's showing a little bit of his own spine. I don't know. I don't know. But he whips out his, the entry knife. The progressive knife. The, uh, progressive knife, sorry. Like, uh, which looks like, this is the thing I always find amazing. Like, it's not like an, it's not like an amazing, like, lightsaber or anything. It looks like, like, just like a little Bowie knife. Yeah. Like, and, and Asuka. like the kind of thing you buy from being cute. Yeah, and Asuka yeah. has like a Stanley knife, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah. Like a Stanley knife. That's what I was But it's just about. made, it's the size of a bus. Yeah. That's what I don't understand. It pops out of his epaulets. So he grabs a knife and he completely disobeys the, uh, the order. Yeah, this is at one minute left on the counter. Misato is like, which way? He's like, no, I'm going to fight it. Charges towards Shamshell. Yeah. Kind of skidding down the side of his hill, grinding. Yeah, doing a popping sick a, grind. Doing a sick Oliver. Yeah, he got there. loads of combos for that. And <laughs> and then Misato's like, you, you need to obey my orders. And he's like, Rah. no. And he stabs the progressive knife into the S2 engine, the heart of the... red the... orb, which is luckily incredibly exposed on this angel. Like, yeah, it's really bad design. Just, just bad really design. out there, yeah. And he screams. Stabby, stab. Scream! And, and there's screams. loads of sparks showing. Ah! And, and you see the counter, more. it's counting Keep down screaming. 50 seconds, 40 seconds. Ah! Still, still screaming, still screaming. Still we screaming. cut to Toji and Kensuke. They're looking on with horror. He's screaming. There's sparks everywhere. Our voice actor ah! spent four years ah! treading the boards of the Royal Shakespeare seconds. Company <laughs> just to do a 30-second scream. 10 seconds still screaming suddenly about 4 or 5 seconds before energy runs out in the Ava we see the S2 engine crack yep which suggests oh he's got through yep and then zero on the counter Dum. yep the Ava stops dead and we're left with a silhouette shot of the Ava with his hands and knife stuck into the soul of this also still and dead angel yep. and they're just like two huge statues over the top of a city so that's it like Shinji killed the angel but he disobeyed an order and that's how it ends uh, and then there's a little epilogue where Toji and Kengski are in class. It's like two weeks. Another. Oh, that's right, yeah. It's like another two weeks later. And Shinji hasn't been in. And they're like, haven't seen Shinji for a while. And Toji's feeling really guilty. Yeah. And Kensuke gives him Shinji's number. Gives it phone number. He's like, thematic, bringing it full circle. Yeah, true. And he's like, if you uh, if you care so much about him, why don't you give him a call? Yeah. 
And then he picks up the phone, and then I think it ends, doesn't it? It just ends. And then we see a tennis ball in the rain. Yes. What does it mean? It means everything, John. It's the metaphor for the S2 mine. Uh. <laughs> and then the episode ends. So um, so our, I think our, our main problems with this episode, I mean, you know, I mean, don't get us wrong. We, a lot of the nitpicking that we're making is, is more for fun than anything else. Yeah. Like, you know, the little things like how do you get into the entry plug and wouldn't it leak out LCL and all this kind of stuff is like, you know, that's that's all that's all fine. Um, this is a story and we enjoy it. Well, yeah. But I think the problems with this episode are sort of more like it just it, it, it's character motivation, isn't it? Yeah. The people behaving really badly and it's, weirdly i think so with the nitpicking it's like we we obviously wouldn't be doing this if we didn't love evangelion so no. it's coming from a good place but it's funny like there's been so many iterations of it there's been so many it's been you know it's, it's just a part of like you know certainly popular culture now it has this great reputation but when you actually go back to the basics yeah this isn't a good episode no i i would dare say this is bordering on a bad episode actually but it's like the idea is good. So I feel like everything I love and remember is like the concept. I don't think the execution is very good. Yeah, I think I think that's it, isn't it? Like so much of this is rose-tinted glasses. Yeah. And then when you actually come back and watch it and, and, and also not just forgive everything, but yeah. like, okay, yes, we loved it. This was formative for me. But you know what? I'm going to watch it this time as a discerning, you know, 30-year-old yeah. <laughs> <laughs> watching a cartoon. <laughs> About as an adult, <laughs> I can look back and see. Oh, this is totally impractical. Who does it? Who does the taxes? Yeah. What is Nerve's budget? Seriously. <laughs> I think actually, if you take into effect the inverse square rule, those two children would have died. <laughs> you did say their bones would have liquidized. Yeah, actually, no, that's a fair point. Well, I mean, um, I think I, I want to say this was a lazy episode, and I don't want to be cruel when i say that because i know making animation was hard mm. and they had to like cut corners and save things wherever they wherever they could and that's clear in this episode because there's a lot of yeah. panning static shots and um like, with people talking but you can't see any anything moving at all yeah. but then I, I think all the money was spent on the battle yeah. in this episode at the end and then, I, I mean frankly like it was just in many occasions it's just like a miracle it got made even like it, <laughs> yeah. it, it always like a, an ongoing battling but i think the seams are a bit more visible yeah. in this episode it's very rough around the edges i think that's actually a really good way of putting it like yeah you know every all of the content is great yeah but it's it's where those bits of content are meant to be connecting yeah. up the seams which is where all the nitpicking takes place you know at the end of the day they are building a world which has got a lot of really new concepts in it. And they are going some of the way to tell us yeah. about what this all means. But then in some places, they just completely don't bother. Well, here's a, here's, like, a, here's a big thing. And I, I know we can talk at length about this because uh, let's talk about the, very, the school and the very concept of going to school yeah. in this yeah. anime. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's, let's look at it. Like Shinji uh, and Rei are, as far as we know, the only two pilots in the world yeah. who can pilot the Evas. And certainly the only two that Nerve have. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, But the information as presented to us, it's like they are of up, the utmost importance yeah. to the government. Like, to the world, even. To the future of humanity. Yeah. And yet, they're both in the public school system. Well, you summed it up really well when Toji punches Shinji and you said... It would be far more believable if two government agents in black suits and black sunglasses came out of nowhere, put took Toji away, just dragged him off somewhere yeah. entirely. Yeah, Toji is never seen again. Yeah, <laughs> picked up Shinji, dusted him off, 
and took him somewhere else. Yeah. To, to, to safety, basically. Because you like, have him under constant, constant epic yeah. supervision. Like, because, like, I mean, little things we do know. It's like uh, running the EVA for like five minutes uses the entire output of Japan's national grid or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Uh, um, you know, it is th- th- one EVA costs like 15 quadrillion dollars. <laughs> Shinji is the key. Yeah. Like he is if a Shinji fragile. dies, yeah. and he can because he's a fragile human, as you say, then that's it. He's a fragile, emotionally damaged 14-year-old boy. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, what, what are we talking about here? Like, worst case scenario, <laughs> you keep him essentially a prisoner. Yeah. Treat him nicely. You know, um, make sure he's, he's emotionally fit because you'd want... But don't send him to high school. Don't send, him to high don't send him to high school so he can get beaten up by some tracksuit wearing jock in a dusty <laughs> playground. What if like what if Toji had punched him so hard that he broke his neck? Yeah, broke his neck. What if he even just got a black eye yeah. to the point where he couldn't open one of his eyes, had no depth perception. And then suddenly an angel attacks. Couldn't fire a weapon. No. Yeah, twenty million people are dead. Thanks, Toji. <laughs> It's like a human it's just like someone dropped the ball here massively. But it comes down to the the classic anime trope of desperately trying to for- shoehorn yeah. a high school, like and the high school dramas and hijinks that come with a high school into their story. Yeah. And like, not to go off topic, but we've recently been watching Kuro I think Makuru. we should talk about this, yeah. I think it's worth talking about because there's a lot that's similar about Kuromakuru to Evangelion, at least in terms of the fact that they're both a mecha yeah. anime. Um, and they both suffer from this problem. Because in a nutshell, uh, and we, we were actually, we were enjoying Kurumakuro so for yeah, about just, four or five episodes. Just to set it up, that's a Netflix exclusive anime yeah. that recently uh, was dropped onto Netflix. And it's quite a cool plot. It's basically giant robots are descending from space. Alien robots. Alien robots, yeah. They are attacking. And we learn that they attacked once before yeah. in like the 14th century. In feudal Japan. And ancient samurai defeated them. Somehow. Yeah, yeah, and now human and humanity has found a robot buried beneath a mountain, and uh, an ancient samurai pops out of it, yeah. and he's been in suspended animation all these years. Yeah, and he's the only human who's ever piloted one of these things, and he's our best chance of potentially defending yeah. us against them again because they're coming back. Yeah, and he and he goes like, "This is you know the world has changed so much, but I have my honor and I will defend the world," and. We're like, great. Yeah. And, and the actually... animation was really good. The yeah. character designs were really good. The character mo- motivation seemed to be pretty spot no on. No one was stupid no. to drive the plot forward. No. And uh, there's there's great um, uh, mecha battling scenes. Yeah. Really, really cool um, epic moments. In the first two episodes, really, really strong start. Mm. Really strong start, which is actually rare for anime. Yeah. St- strong starts are very rare uh, from what we've seen anyway. And then there was episode three. And this samurai had had basically been imprisoned because they were unsure like what he might do. He keeps, and he keeps trying to escape. He does. Which yeah. is understandable. He yeah. has no idea what's going on. And it's also understandable that the UN would restrain him. Yeah. Because they're afraid of him dying. Yeah. They know he's the key to the, the machine. Yeah. Uh, which is a, a perfect example here. For, Very for good Shinji. example. Um, and they're afraid that he won't have the right immunity for our diseases and we might catch something off yeah. him. They actually say that at one point. And they put like a shock collar on him. They do. So they can just knock him out anytime they want. Yeah. But as another parallel with Shinji, they're horrible to him. They are, yeah. Even though he is their one shot and the only only link to the past where this has happened yeah. before, because even, they treat him like dirt. But even if he weren't the only viable pilot for humanity's only weapon against the aliens, <laughs> he is a living relic from the past. Which is incredible. Like Historians would be tripping over themselves to come and talk to this guy. Yeah, you'd be like, 
teach us. Teach us of your ways. Yeah, teach us things. But then we discover that he's 17 years old. Oh my God. And mm. so the obvious next thing that the UN, as, a, as, a, as a, an intelligent governing body, decides to do is send him to high school. It is mind-numbingly stupid. And he turns up at school ripped. He's absolutely, he's so muscular. And he's covered in scars because he spent his entire life fighting. Yeah. And I guess by like the standards of feudal society, he would be an adult at the age of 17. And don't they cut his hair without his permission as well? Which means something to him. Yeah, I think so. And they're just like, oh, you can't have hair like that at school. Chop. He's like, what? But he doesn't wear a shirt. Like he wears like a modified version of a school uniform, which shows off his ripped, his his glistening (laughs) muscles. Yeah. And it's like, Here's your new classmate. And, yeah. And he's like, hello, nice to meet you. I will be studying with you. And it's like, no, <laughs> no, why? And then episode three just falls into every trope. He sits in protagonist's window. Yeah. He gets embarrassed by the fact that he's in the same class as the girl who we'd previously met in earlier the episode. He ends up finding out to both of their embarrassment that they're living in the same house together. And there's a lot of embarrassment. Like a sitcom. There's an almost, uh, there's a, there's an embarrassing bathroom scene where she sees him without any pants on. She yeah. gives him some boxes, but he doesn't know what to do with them. So he wears a towel instead. And it's all just played for that all same. The, all the girls are, crap. all the girls are crushing on him. Yeah. And they're all really cute. And it, and, and, and this is a uh, fine example because then you learn that like another one of her classmates, like as the main girl who discovers the samurai, one of their classmates, just like this tiny like cute looking blonde like six 15 16 year old girl is also like a pilot yeah of mech yeah and of mech of mech <laughs> and it's like here's the sitcom scenario it's like every day oh i'm gonna be late for class oh i hope i got my homework done in time i hope senpai notices me and then the great big alarm <laughs> and then the great big alarm flashes i'm like oh gotta go save the world with a piece of toast in my mouth and and helicopters like descend pick them up yeah and everyone goes oh it is ridiculous if you are in I guess let's call it war. If you are in a state of war... Which they are. War has been declared. Aliens are attacking. You would not go through the rigmarole. There's just no point at all. Why send these kids to school? And not only that, but the culture shock, which we talk about a lot... Well, we talked about because we stopped watching Kuramakuro definitively at that point. It was just so stupid. It was just ridiculous. And I just refuse to watch any more of it. Um, But the... There was no respect for his culture shock. He did not understand a lot about this world. Yeah. He thought a lot of what was going on around him was magic, and he thought that everyone around him were Oni or demons. Yeah. Um, and and then they sent him to high school, which is potentially the worst place to go for a man who is essentially recovering from the biggest case of PTSD and culture shock that I can even imagine. Yeah, no one, no one. Could, there was could no respect. Yeah. There was no respect for what this man might be going this, through psychologically. This man has no idea what electricity is. No, what a light is. You know, like uh, he doesn't understand. Uh, like even basic airs and graces. No. And they're like, go to class. Lesson one. You've gone to quantum physics. And their reasoning, their reasoning in the show was, and we're getting really off topic here, but we'll there's finish. A, there's it up a point now. here. Yeah. Their reasoning in the show was, well, he's 17. So he has to go to school because that's the law. Cause it's like, I don't, I don't think your law took into account the idea that you might find a 700 year old preserved in time mm. samurai from the past. I don't think the law had that. So don't worry about it. But it's, <laughs> it's like, he doesn't know what a car is. Like, he could step onto a street and get run over by a car. Yeah. Like, you would, for his own protection and the hope of humanity, <laughs> maybe you would keep him, like, like make him comfortable. Yeah. Ease him in gently, but keep and learn from him. Yeah. No one has ever Use sat this guy, guy down and said, hey, you've met these aliens before. What's their deal? Like, who, who, who do they answer to? What yeah. do they want? No one asks any of this stuff. Teachers. 
But I mean, in many ways, actually, this makes us realise that Evangelion does that slightly better. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Seriously. I mean, it doesn't do it anywhere near as badly as Kuro yeah. Kuro, which, which makes an utter hack of it, to be totally honest. It ruined all the potential it had in three yeah. episodes, which is very frustrating because I really thought that could be a new thing yeah. to watch but nine times we, out of ten we're getting disappointed because we we watch a lot of um we try and we we, we try we, things out we watch a lot of new episodes or a series of anime on on crunchyroll yeah and netflix and netflix and we we generally see how long how long we can stomach them because <laughs> yeah. it's a completely different industry they produce a lot of animation yeah so huge amounts it's like the filters aren't quite the same you will get brilliant stuff you'll get bad stuff it's just being the fact that an animated series got made is in by no means a measure of quality. No, not at all. But the amount of anime we see try and give up on within an episode, within a few minutes, because it is just the same old tropes. It's just here's a school. It's either a school or a military academy. Yeah. And it's just because And a military academy is really just a school. Yeah. And it's, they they love uniforms. They really do. It's like as long as every anime has got a unique uniform, they could be superhuman saving the planet but they've got to get back to home ec yeah. before 3pm just so we can have some sexy dramas yeah. and will the cute girl notice me. And I mean, you know, maybe maybe the answer to all of this is that they're not for us. You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe so. everyone loves this. Everyone yeah. is aching for that high school bit of the anime and we're the only ones or in it's a very like, small minority. This is the point. Like maybe the first, per- maybe the first anime to go, like set it in a school. Yeah. Hijinks, you know, <laughs> teenage drama. Maybe the first anime to do that was revolutionary, but like when three hundred animes are produced every year yeah. about a school where kids have generic superpowers or pilot mechs, it's like it's so redundant. Yeah. And also, like, I'm not gonna buy that because some of the biggest and most successful Japanese animation properties that have come out in the last, say, 20, 30 years, if you take the biggest ones, and Evangelion would be one of those. Yeah, yeah. Take like Bleach, Naruto, yeah. Dragon Ball, One Piece, those sorts of things. Is there a high school in any of those? No. no, like categorically not in any yeah. of them. And yet they all star 16 to 18 year olds as their main characters. Yeah. Pretty much all of them. You do see some school shots in Bleach. Yeah, I, think. I was just thinking that. But, but it's, it's not school It's not formulaic. No, that's no, no, thing. that's a good point. That's no. a thing. Like... Yeah. And it doesn't, you know, Ichigo is a high schooler, but that isn't like, that isn't made part of the story yeah. whereas Kuramakuru it felt so like okay we've got all the, the we cool sci-fi stuff out now. of the way let's get the, let's get it back in the yeah. school that's where it needs to be it needs to be back in the and school the, and the formula is going to be hijinks class yeah. alarm mech battle yes freeze frame and maybe it's unfair to not watch all of it and assume what it's going to be <laughs> maybe, but I think it is yeah maybe we get proved completely wrong <laughs> so after this massive rant about Kuramakuru <laughs> that well, you can see our thoughts on this and how yeah. Because clearly, uh, anime audiences do apparently appreciate the school drama. It's like a, tr- uh, it's like pantomime. It's like a, a staple, uh, a trope, if you will. Yeah. You can see why we feel the way about Shinji going to school. Yeah. Because it comes across as a bit ridiculous. I well, think. I think. I think. I mean. Yeah, I mean, not only is it a bit ridiculous in a post-apocalyptic world to be focusing that much on something so mundane and domestic yeah. as school, but I think even if even if they wanted the school to be part of Evangelion, I would maybe accept that because he is a kid and they're trying to carry on with life as normal after the apocalypse and all yeah. that kind of stuff. I, I I understand that. I think I think it's just respecting Shinji a little bit more as something of value is, yeah. is maybe what's letting us down. And Kurumakuru is a good way of highlighting how you know 
um, they cannot respect their own protagonist to the extent that they send him to school, yeah. even though he didn't need the to. Adults are terrible. But at least in Shinji's case, like he already was a high schooler. Um, yeah. It's conceivable that even though he's become, it's it's ridiculous to conceive this, but it's conceivable that even if he may then become an Ava pilot, he would then still go to school. Yeah. Because maybe angel battles were months between each other, which they they kind of are in some cases. I know yeah. maybe weeks is maybe better than. Months. I think. Um. I mean. I don't. But, I mean, have a bodyguard. I don't get into the realm of spoilers, but I think it's like it's mentioned later in the series that the school itself. Might be yes, play a part important in, the in some way, yeah. Stuff. Yeah, but even so, like, it, it doesn't quite ring true. And I think, it, I think, like, it could be excused. I think I a think lot the... could be excused with a bit, even just a few throwaway lines, as a bit of yeah, bit of an explanation. But I think the fact that we have to say it could be excused rather than is it needed at all, and I think that's yeah. the big question here: is that someone made a decision? We need to get a high school into this. Yeah. Evangelion as a story could be told without us ever seeing the school mm. and we could assume that maybe Shinji was going to school in between we see colossal mech yeah. battles maybe he was going to school he is of schooling age so maybe he would be but there there seems to be a deliberate and in Kuramakura this, this illustrates it really well because it's so jammed in but there seems to be a very deliberate attempt to get a school in yeah and not just any school but a traditional school. yeah Japanese high school because I mean let's could you do it differently how about this as a scenario Shinji does go to school, but it's a weird researchy science school yeah. run by government teachers and technicians who yeah. are monitoring the kids constantly. Which could add more to the conspiracy and the unusualness of the world yeah. post-apocalypse. Give them weird uniforms. like They're not wearing traditional school uniforms. Like Scientists are teaching them stuff, but constantly monitoring them. It's one situation where a yeah. military-style academy would have actually made more yeah. sense. And also, it's it's like it's like playing into your world. You've created a new world here. Why are you giving us something so mundane and domestic that we've seen a thousand yeah. times before? And I mean, when I held up Naruto and Bleach and all that as an example of schools, I was actually incorrect because Naruto does have school in it. They're all at ninja school. Yeah. But the whole point is, that's a ninja school. It's a very unusual school. Yeah. It's very different. It doesn't even have a classroom laid out the way you'd classically expect a classroom to be. This is an opportunity to tell a story where new things are yeah. and new things happen and for some reason we just get jammed into the same old school I think again. this is a broken bit of world building yeah. because the world has clearly undergone massive changes so but why then is a secondary school utterly the same Yeah, like it wouldn't have the same resources the government wouldn't even be the same and no. it's just this idea that you know children really would be precious in this reduced Yeah, yeah you know it's like it wouldn't I, I, I can't believe that this school would would exist. No, it doesn't see. It doesn't fit with the world. And no. this is the thing we don't understand. We don't understand what the general population thinks or understands of any of this. No. If all these children, even if like we extend it and we say that like this school is part of the Marduk Institute, they are very important. They could all be connected to the nerve. They're all potentials. I don't think you'd run it. Like a regular school. No, I think it would no. be under lock and key. It would look like a weird research facility. And I mean, when I'm creating stories, certainly, and I don't want to make this all about me, but well, it kind of is. <laughs> it kind of is. Um, I see every opportunity as uh, a, a moment that I'm going to have to create in a story, as an opportunity to do something kind of exciting and unusual, yeah. mainly because I've got to draw it. Yeah. I don't really want to draw something boring. No. no. I wouldn't want to draw just an everyday classroom. So if I if my story engineered itself to a point where there had to be a school 
they, they had to be at school and and maybe the school was full of potential pilots or, or something yeah. like that so i could make it more interesting in that way i would certainly do everything i could to visually make the school more interesting yeah and i wouldn't play into the kind of things that kids do at school every day because they see that every day at school well no like and so <laughs> why we well, see and if I, it's, it's wanting to have your cake and eat it too mm. because they desperately you know you want to make a mecha anime but uh, clearly, uh, and with some amazing themes in it. Oh yeah! But clearly, like high school junk sells well or or responds well. Maybe that's it. But it'd be like if it'd be it'd be the same. I think maybe this is a more jarring example. But you have Seven String, which is about this crazy fantasy world. Yeah. And Zach goes off on adventures. Yeah. Now imagine if you were doing something a bit more like this, and you were like, well, Zach has crazy adventures, has like amazing guitar sword, but he also has to attend school. Yeah. Like, and there's a bit of drama and romance. <laughs> If he went to a melodian school, yeah, which in the in the world in your world melodia would not look like a like a traditional high school. That's exactly my point. The fashion in your world is completely different. Yeah, and and yeah, so I mean that's a radical example because Seven String is a fantasy world. Yeah, but if it's... you're gonna do a fantasy world and you're gonna have a school in it, why is your school not a fantasy school? Yeah. of some kind. And it's like here we have a post-apocalyptic, technologically advanced world where these children are vital to the future of the planet yeah why then do they go to a, a, a regular standard 20th century school? school yeah exactly they should be, it should be it just doesn't jar it, it jars rather it, jars, it doesn't it, it doesn't, doesn't mesh yeah it doesn't work so that's odd yeah and i think maybe maybe we're being particularly hard on this episode because it brought back some of the scars from kuramakuru yeah. um but you know at the end of the day it is actually better than Kurumakuru overall. Yes. Um, and and our issues are less with the overall thematic wonder of Evangelion, but more on the little rivets and bits that are meant to connect all those pieces yeah. of crazy massive ideas together and just fail. I wonder if it's... I wonder if it's because... Because like, we talked about some of the cost-cutting things, about mm. how like the animation isn't amazing in this episode, and how... You know, if if you if you were running a series of a day back in the day, you're thinking like, well, we've got to save money for fight scenes. We've got to kind of like budget and make do where we can. And can we do this scene a bit differently? Maybe it's like, it's it's maybe this is like why tropes sometimes can be good things. Where it's like we need a, a reliable framework yes. to hang the crazy. This is me yeah. trying to be charitable now because I know. I don't want to sound negative on this, but it's like no, no. I think yeah. I think it's fair, and I think like, some people maybe who aren't storytellers themselves or maybe go, well, why do these same tropes keep showing up in stories over and over again? And sometimes it's basically like it's a toolbox, isn't it? Yeah. So you know you want to tell a certain kind of story and maybe there are two things about your story that are incredibly unique and special. But for your story to work, you need 20 things in total. Mm. So your two things, which are the two that you'll sell it on, and you know, for maybe my case in Seven String, it's like, wow, a guitar sword or a world that's themed entirely around music. But at the end of the day, I need 18 other things to operate my story with yeah. and some of those have to be things we've seen before they just have to be because I'm dealing with people who have relationships and if everything was completely different to what we knew and loved about, about the world you wouldn't be able to relate to my story at all so tropes occur when people have to use some of the tools that people have used before in order to communicate yeah. similar concepts it's like if you're, if you're wanting to uh, it's kind of like uh, if you want to uh, accept a big lie you've got to give them a small lie to warm them up to it exactly. or something like that so. yeah, yeah exactly and it's like it's, it's like the fictional starter it's like a, a you know in a meal yeah. you know you've got to warm them up a little appetite yeah, oh, right taste. I see that this is that he's going to be that kind of character yeah. but then then you throw the curveball later on oh right but he can do this yeah. that's cool I've never, I've seen never that piloted before. a mech before but no. I do know what it's like to go through school yeah, so exactly I don't know should we maybe like uh, mention the 
we're not going to talk about this as long, I'm sure. But like we talked about, um, we watched the dub. Yes. Oh yeah. Hot damn. Toji That's... Suzuhara's voice. Not good. <laughs> not not good. It's not great. I think um, <laughs> I would probably put a vote in for continuing with the subtitles. I think from so. This point on, I think I, I basically just clicked play and didn't think. No, we just didn't. Th- we didn't yeah. think about it. Which I why is I think it's how we've we've kind of alternated because we just haven't yeah. been thinking about it. But. Yeah, sub sub for the future. Plus also sub because um, we're more likely to get more complex plot elements, I think, through yeah. the sub than we are through the dub. But um, his voice acting is atrocious. Like It's really, really bad. Like, I don't know what's going on there. It's like he phoned it in almost literally. Like, he didn't come into the studio. It's, like don't, <laughs> it's not that... It's not that he's put... He is putting on a weird accent, but it's not even that. It's like he talks and delivers the lines like like... Like an alien. Yeah. Like someone who's never encountered... Not like someone in a conversation. Yeah. Because doesn't he say at one point, it's like, my sister... Yeah, it's like, so where have you been? What happened? Did you get injured? And he's like, my... I can't even do it. It's no, so weird. It's, it's like, really long, drawn-out syllables. My sister was, was hurt in hurt the attack. In the attack. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> like William Shatner. <laughs> yeah, in the attack. <laughs> it's just bad. And I have this thing where I do... Unless it's like a really good voice acting. Like, I think... um Cowboy Bebop is a fine example of an amazing English dub. Mm. But I tend to generally... I do prefer watching anime with subtitles, which isn't me being like, oh, yes, you've never no, really... No, 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 but I agree. I have never too. really appreciated it until you've read... It's nothing to do with that. It's nothing no. to do with, like, the arty-fartiness of the whole thing. I find... I find... And this is this is kind of, like, part of the magic of anime in this weird way. I find it it's a bit less silly... <laughs> with the Japanese and I, I it, this is bizarre because the voice actors in when you're watching it and you can hear the Japanese audio it's like I can't understand what you're saying no obviously because I don't speak Japanese I can read it but there's so much like emotion yeah in the voice acting and it's like it's like I can appreciate this as another culture's art form. It sort of legitimizes the foreignness. Of yeah, it. do you know what I mean? Like the instant you put English uh, dubbed voices onto it, it's suddenly like this could just be an English cartoon. Yeah, and as such, it's kind of weird. But there's also but if you like, know it's Japanese, then it's like oh, it's Japanese. But there's this slight culture. It's that slight disconnect, and it's like, and maybe I, I've I've heard some very good English dubs. Oh yeah, yeah. But too. when I hear these bad English dubs, it just seems. Nobody talks like that. No. You'll have this character who's meant to be, I don't know, 16, typical, like, protagonist, you know, spiky hair, looks cool. And the voice is just like, what the heck is that? Are you 30? Like, how? Yeah. What is that voice? I'm just like, I find the tone, the delivery, it's really off sometimes. And my big thing with sub versus dub is a lot of anime has complex interpretable themes you know which uh, usually are due to their language i think being able to infer so much more through tonal delivery mm. and various other things like that so a lot of what ends up coming through to us as kind of weird and sort of up for interpretation is maybe communicated in if you actually understand not japanese not translated but if you truly are fluent in and understand japanese i.e you are a japanese person mm. i think a lot of these more complex ideas are communicated and the dub is restricted in time to have to fit some English talking mm. into the same amount of time that a Japanese yeah. person spoke. But a sub is not restricted by that. So even if a character says three Japanese words and a whole sentence comes up in the sub, at least you get a better chance at really understanding what someone is saying than it, in the dub. Do you think it's like uh, another thing might be how the animation industry is regarded in either culture? Because it's very highly respected. 
in, oh, yeah. in Japan. Yeah. And there is a lot of work going. Mm. So there is an impetus to be good at your craft and you could become a master voice actor. Yeah, there's a big industry for that. And we have that in the West. We really do. But the majority of our cartoons are funny. Yes, true. They're kind of humour-based. Less and, serious. Yeah. And I think you get this disconnect where you can have... It would be a totally respectable profession to be a serious cartoon voice actor in Japan. But then when we get kind of like the dubs over on our end, it's like they're never sure how to play it. Almost how to deliver it, yeah. It becomes like very camp, very kind of like... Kitsch. I'm not, yeah, kitsch. Like I'm not taking this seriously. Yeah. Kind of. There's a less emotion, I feel. And then, and then maybe the better dubs that we've heard in our lives are from people and studios who get it mm. and get that they're meant to be delivering this, you know, basically po-faced. Like, take this seriously because it's not a cartoon. You take something like Ghost in a Shell, you know, that is a grown-up mm. adult sci-fi movie, mm. you know. And as much as there is some also weird confusion and interpretable themes in that as well, again, maybe because of translation issues, overall, that is not for kids at all and should be played seriously. Yeah. It's not funny. At literally at any point. I don't think there is a joke in Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> Imagine if there was. It's a laugh a minute, i got to yeah. say. Pikachu crops up at one point with cybernetic enhancements. <laughs> His head splits open. A <laughs> lightning cannon comes out. <laughs> Thunderbolt. <laughs> but there we go. Yeah. So uh, it was... Yeah, it wasn't the strongest episode. I do wonder no. whether, uh, due to some of the animation lacking thereof... Uh, that maybe the next episode might be a bit of an up because we've mm. had a down. A, a tr- I noticed that a lot in anime. You'll get the weak episode, and the next episode will be full of amazing dynamic I've, fight sequences. I've got to say, like I remember thinking back to the series because I know, like uh, we're we're still in the territory of because uh, when they did the rebuild movies, which mm. we will get to, we will. Of course, they they group maybe like the first four or five episodes as one movie. Yeah, and I seem to remember like I always feel like I'm trying to get past this point because I I feel like. Yeah, Ramiel, the giant diamond angel yes. who we have coming up. That always, for me, was one of the early highlights. And yes. I seem to remember that's when the series finally kind of and also took ribbon off. arms. Yeah, ribbon yeah. Arms oh, now called. that's that's amazing, yeah. and I hope that's still as good as I remember. I hope so too. I think the series definitely gets better. Yeah, and I just remember my recollection of this episode. It wasn't quite as watching it again. I don't think it's a great episode. No, my memories were a bit kinder. But I never cared for the angel. I remember as a kid, I used to because I had all of these on DVD. I say kid, I was like seventeen, eighteen years old when yeah. I was when I was buying these on DVD, um, gradually collecting them with my with my the money that I had, kind of yeah. thing. It wasn't pocket money, but it was something uh, close to that. And there were a few episodes that I would go back to and watch myself. Yeah. Or if a friend came over and they were like, "What's this Evangelion thing?" I would choose these episodes as ones to show them. Yes. And it was never one of the first three no i never used and and i think maybe even as a kid and as we said earlier we were less discerning we didn't notice any of these nitpicking issues even as a kid i still knew not to show these episodes to try and introduce someone to it yeah because i remember how i got into evangelion was catching an episode of it randomly on a late night version of cartoon network or something like that yeah they used to show weird anime sometimes at late at night and so i didn't start from the beginning either i got hooked on the idea of evangelion i.e the idea of giant biblical mechs fighting each other in the apocalypse um from probably episode like nine or ten or something mm. do you know what i mean so I don't think that episode one is a good place to start, no. hilariously. Well, unless you've already got on board, which yeah. we have. But also it's like in any, you know, in any series, I guess, it's always like the begin the first and last episodes which are gonna make the most impact on yeah. you. Or the ones you remember most Definitely. at least. Yeah. So I'm most excited in rewatching this. In, in us working our way through the series, in getting 
to those middle episodes. Yes. Yeah. Like, because I feel like they're the ones that get the least love and I want to experience them again. I know there's one for sure that I always used to go for, which was when Ava Unit 2 fights on battleships yes. in the ocean. Yeah. I really like that episode. I want to see that. Yeah. That look- was one I'd always wheel out and show people, this is Evangelion. Yeah. So I'm really hoping that still stands up. Because- I know. I can't I can't wait to uh, to get to that to get to get that area. That's yeah. going to be fantastic. I think there's a golden age in the middle. And I think I think that's, that's what yeah. we need to get to. If I had to find its feet. Because it's weird, because like, from what we know of the troubled history of Evangelion, Maybe a rocky start, finds its feet, loses its way again. Absolutely. The last few episodes are horrendous, apparently. It gets endlessly remade for like uh, 20 years. And then now yeah. it's like the rebuild movies. Yeah. And the fourth one may never get made for all we know. Yeah, goodness me. But they have I mean, no We haven't even watched 3.33 that... 3 yet. It's on the shelf here, isn't it? But... Well, that's That will be our reward yeah. when we get to reward, the end Reward, question mark. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's it might weird. be great. It might be great. But it's weird. Like, there's got to be something like... It's a like it's weird, isn't it? Talking about it, you realise just how many flaws this series has, yeah. and yet we're watching. Like we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't love it. No, 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 no. And I think that's what's so weird about it. It's a paradox that we we love it overall. Yeah. But I think maybe our love for it allows us to want to, you know, help it almost. Yeah. Just like go through and just like we love you, but seriously, this. And this? <laughs> yeah. Because we're not going to do a Kuru Makuru rewatch podcast. Ain't no way. No. I mean, we haven't even watched and it. Oh. And it's so bizarre because Kuru Makuru is arguably, arguably better written, better voice acted. Certainly better animated. And and yet, yeah, just not the magic that makes me want to... No. I mean, a part of me does wonder whether we were too harsh and that, you know, episode four and five, maybe he won't, we won't see any more school. Maybe it gets better. Maybe there's just, maybe there was an episode where he was at school just to, just to, for some reason, add that in. Yeah. Maybe there was just no more school. But all the promo images show know, them wearing school uniforms. and everything. I don't buy it. I think no. you're right. Well, anyway, look, should we um, come to the final stage where we assign uh, scores to this episode? Yes. I have the previous scores from previous episodes. Okay. So we're going to judge this episode on Shinjiness. Yes. Which is by the measure of how Shinji Akari Shinji Akari is. Yeah. Uh, and the impact, which is just the overall score for the episode. Yeah. So do you want a comparison? So shall we start? Yeah. So tell us what we did for the last episode. So then. Uh, episode one uh, was a Shinji score of three. Yeah. Because Shinji was still quite human at that point. <laughs> uh, and we gave it an impact of seven. Okay. Seven yeah. out of ten. Yeah. Not good bad episode. Start. Uh, episode two, uh, four out of ten Shinjis. Right. And we gave it a five out of ten okay. in terms of impact. So episode two was very much like a middle run. Okay. So shall we do impact? Yeah, I think. Or should I, we do a Shinji? Uh, impact. Impact first. Okay. I know what I'm going for. Yeah, I th- I'm I, torn now. Yeah, I don't know. No, I think I know what I'm going for. I think I know what I'm going for. Because you've got to bear in. I've got to kind of scope out what the rest of the series might do. Yeah, you got to think about where it's going. I'm gonna say, okay, I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna be harder. I'm gonna give it a two. Right, that's harder than me. I was gonna give it a three. Okay. So shall we say two point five? Two point five. Okay. Okay. Well, balance that out as a two point five. We can round it up to a three if you want, because my scoring system may not accommodate half. <laughs> uh, <okay>. <laughs> half <laughs> nooks. Okay. So we'll be kind. We'll round it up and say always be kind because we love it. Yeah. Three. Okay. Three out of ten. Three out of ten. How Shinji is this episode? Bear in mind, we got four Shinjis last episode. It's definitely more Shinji than the last episode. This is very Shinji. It is very Shinji. He has problems. He's very... He's with, very morose, as you say. Withdrawn. Yeah. I think he'll certainly get a lot more Shinji than this. So I think that's worth bearing in mind. Yeah. But I definitely think we need to make a significant leap from the last episode. So I'm going to say... Mm. I'm going to say six. Oh, yeah. I know, I know it gets worse. We know it gets... Yeah. <laughs> 
I, th- I think I'll agree with you. I think I'll give it a six as well. Yeah. Six for Shin- uh, Shinjiness is six. Impact, Impact is three. three. Yeah. So it may not be a great episode, but Shinji's getting more Shinji. Shinji, And that's yeah. what we watch is, it is, for. Is that a bonus? <laughs> <laughs> we watch it for the trauma of a 14-year-old boy. That's... <laughs> To be fair, like so much of the shinginess is imparted by the adults being utter bastards. That that is a revelation. Yeah, actually. So like, it's important for me when I'm judging the shinginess of an episode. Like, what is the self-inflicted amount? Because people being mean to him doesn't add to the shinginess. It's how mired in his own self-pity and hatred mm. he is. So I think that's why I gave it a six for this episode. Because as much as there was a lot of shinginess, it didn't all come no. from him. He's almost a different character from the previous episode. Or well, the first yeah. episode where we said he had, he had quite a bit of a backbone, actually. I feel like this is the first episode that introduces the shinginess. Yeah, the idea that Like Because he... I remember when I was first watching it and I'd watched one and two, I wasn't prepared for how shinji he was going to become. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is the protagonist. He's probably going to get stronger. But if anything, it is literally the opposite. He gets worse. It's it's really weird watching it again and realizing just how terrible everyone is to him. Yeah, like and but also how terrible he is to himself. True, but it's like you can see it. Maybe that if he'd been in a much more supportive environment, yeah, it's like everyone around him is broken in their own little way. Yeah, and they just seem to take it out on him. To bring in another anime, and then we'll round this off to to compare it with Gurren Lagann, which we've been watching yes, yeah. recently, does literally the opposite thing. Mm. Like Shimon, who is arguably the main character of that, goes on an arc that rises. He starts as a very meek, very shy, very non-self-confident person, but with obviously a lot of skill and potential. And the whole story is Shimon's rise to confidence and becoming something that... Basically, well, dwarfing Kamina mm-hmm. eventually. Um, it's a fine, it's a fine comparison, actually. Yeah. yeah, and it's and it's funny because that's a hero you can really root for and really get behind. Yeah. And the big thing I've always struggled with with Evangelion is how are we meant to root for Shinji? Like, are we meant to root for Shinji? Who are we rooting for? Is there anyone to root for? I'm someone, and I know you know this, who really loves heroes. Mm-hmm. And and every story doesn't have to have a hero. Every story doesn't have to have the sword wielding, courageous link character who runs in and saves the day regardless of his own life yeah but i really love those characters and a lot of the stories i really get drawn to are ones with strong leading heroic characters courageous characters it's weird isn't it because i know it reaches a point where when they introduce a couple more characters who are coming up and when they there's almost a point i seem to recall where they're functioning fairly well yes you're right like it almost gets to a point where everyone is becoming a bit more emotionally balanced and they're helping each other a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Bit of banter still, but, you know, and Shinji's still on the receiving end of a few things, but he's a bit more settled. But then it, it all goes then to it, heck. it all goes to heck again. So it's interesting. Like, it's like an exercise in broken people. Yeah. Really. And, and I guess that's what this story is about. Necessarily, we don't necessarily have a hero to root for. This mm. is instead a psychological analysis of what it would mean for a child to pilot a giant robot. Maybe that's that's what it is. That's mm. fine. That's fine. But hey. Hey, still roller coaster of emotion. Oh yes. <laughs> should we uh, should we call it a day then? Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for listening. Yeah, it's been grand. We do the traditional sign out. Uh, okay, so yeah, uh, I guess uh, this has been uh, Nick and John is this uh, Evangelion episode three. Yep. Uh, we've got a nice little schedule now, so we're going to be updating nice and regularly. And uh, remember, however bad you might have it, no. How did <laughs> how, it go? However bad it may be for you. Yeah. However bad it may be for you, you could always be. Shinji Akari. This podcast, and others like it, is made possible thanks to our wonderful backers on Patreon. To support Big Punch Studios as we make comics like Afterlife Thinking Seven String, games like Sandwich Masters, and podcasts like the one you've just been listening to, head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Big Punch Studios. 
For just $5 a month, not only will you help make everything we do a reality, but we'll also send you four copies of Big Punch magazine a year. That's over 180 full-color pages of comic action, featuring Cuckoo's, Orb, 99 Sorgs, and Catamaran, delivered straight to your door. This has been a Big Punch Studios production. For all things Big Punch, be sure to head on over to www.bigpunchstudios.com.